the Practical Family Podcast with Jennifer Bryant, encouraging your family to build strong foundations and healthy homes. Hey there, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Bryant. And today's topic is very close to my heart and my life, actually. If you've been following Practical Family or the podcast for any length of time, you may have heard me share my story about how Practical Family got started. I was actually a full-time working mom, uh, full-time ministry, actually. I had been training um, as a teacher, but I went into uh, opening a preschool and running an early childhood center was no joke, I'm telling you what, because it taught me so much about my own young children. And then from that job, God called me home. I mean, things happened within the church structure itself where they needed to kind of cut positions. And and at the same time, God was calling me home because working full time was stressing me out. And if you've ever been there and you have felt guilty maybe about coming home or maybe guilty about leaving the job itself because you did so well there, you you were appreciated in different ways, you got accolades, you, you could actually tell that you were making a difference. Whereas at home, you know, they say motherhood can kind of be a thankless job, but it's the best job in the world. It really, truly is. But that transition a lot of times for mothers, especially for women in this day and age who were raised to get an education and get a good job, and women, you can do anything. And while that is all true, sometimes when it's time to raise our kids, we feel like we have to put the brakes on our real ambitions. A lot of women kind of lose their identity during this time, and it's a really important time to look back on and think, you know, God, I know I was made for this, and I know I was trained for this, but you want me here right now? Well, how am I really supposed to enjoy that when, you know, I've never done it before? And there are all kinds of approaches that moms will take regarding this, but the biggest one, I think, is finding grace for ourselves during this time of staying home with our kids. If you do find yourself there, or maybe you are still working from home or working part-time or full-time and being at home and you have felt torn, Take comfort in this, friends, because this message today that we're bringing, as I interview a wonderful author, her name is Jen Babakan, and she has written a book called Detoured, The Messy, Grace-Filled Journey from Working Professional to Stay-at-Home Mom. Jen brings such a beautiful message of grace. Um, She herself was a former marketing executive, and she felt God calling her to be home with her son, and then she ended up feeling really conflicted about giving up her career. Did it mean that the career needed to go on a total back burner just because she had kids? Well, you'll learn about her, not just her story, but what God kind of did inside of her as she had to make choices and really kind of revamp her perspective in this way. So listen in on today's episode as I interview Jen Babakan. Now, a little bit about her. Jen has a degree in public relations and a background in marketing and education. And like I said before, she's a former marketing executive. She left her career to take on motherhood, and her writing has appeared in Reader's Digest and has been featured in MSN, Yahoo, and AOL. She currently lives in California with her husband and two young boys. And please go visit her website at jenbabacon.com. We'll have the link in our show notes for that. So be encouraged by today's episode because, as Jen says, stay-at-home motherhood is not easy but it can be the most beautiful detour that you'll ever take. Listen in on my interview today with Jen Babakan. 
Welcome to the Practical Family Podcast. Families, we're so glad to have you back. And today we have a special guest. Her name is Jen Babakan, and she has written a book called Detoured, The Messy, Grace-Filled Journey from Working Professional to Stay-at-Home Mom. Raise your hand, even though I can't see you because this is a podcast, raise your hand if you can relate. Yes, I thought so. Okay, so you're going to want to listen in on this Convo. Welcome, Jen, to the podcast. So glad to have you. Thank you so much for having me. This is, this is wonderful. I'm happy to be here. Your message just, I, I mean, the book title hit me right away because that's, that's where I come from. I come from the working world. I was raised and told that, uh, you know, I needed to go to a good college to get a good job and now I'm at home. So what do we do now? Right. Can you, it's not crazy, right? Can you share a little bit about your, your journey to this message? Sure. So um, just like you, I received the same message of, you know, going to school, working hard, um, getting a great job, and then doing that forever and ever. Amen. And so, um, you know, what ended up happening was I first went into marketing. um, And while I was on the marketing path, I realized that my true love had always been teaching. And so worked hard to get my teaching credential and went right into teaching. And I was teaching third grade when I got pregnant with my first son and had every intention of returning to the classroom, had every intention of leaving him um, at a daycare or a childcare center. And as I got bigger and bigger, the question of if I could really do that also uh, increased in size as well. And it wasn't until... I had him that I, I still remember it. And I I talk about it in the book. Um, I was sitting in that, in that recovery room, holding him on my chest and just my spirit kept whispering, you're not going back to work. You cannot go back to work. There's just no way that you're going to be able to leave this baby. And that threw me for a loop. I, I knew that that was something um, that God had placed in my heart, even as I sat there and all the questions whirled around me. How are we going to do this financially? What's going to happen to my students? I had him um, the first week of, well, the first couple of weeks of school. He was born in late September. So I had gone back to work just for a back to school night and told those, those kids and parents that I was going to be back in six months. Not a problem. I would be back and I had planned on, you know, making visits throughout my maternity leave. So they would, you know, they would know me and we'd build that relationship. But once he was in my arms, everything shifted, everything changed. And I, I fought with myself a little bit on that because I was still battling that internal struggle of, I went to school for this. I worked hard for this. Um, I have student loans, you know, all of those things were, were playing so much into my mind. And when he was about three months old, he developed um, a severe dairy sensitivity. And it became clear at that point that I was, no matter what, I was not going to be able to, you know, trust his care to anyone else, that I would need to be the one supervising um, the milk that he drank. I was breastfeeding at the time. My diet had to change. So that dependence uh, was even more than I, I think what a normal newborn mama relationship would be because I really was responsible um, so much for making sure that everything was absolutely you know, correct with his diet. So at that point, I knew it was, it was time for me to set that aside for, you know, for at least a little while. And 
when I did that, I felt overwhelming joy because I felt like it was going to be an endless summer vacation, right? I was going to be home with my baby and we were going to, you know, run through fields of flowers together and everything was going to be great. And it wasn't until I signed that resignation letter and it became so permanent that I began to feel these feelings of loss and struggle and grief that I just hadn't anticipated. And, and I felt guilty for even having those feelings because why, if I was doing what so, other so many other moms wanted to do, they wanted to be home with their kids and they weren't going to be able to do it. By God's grace, we were able to do it financially. God did some really incredible miracles along the way that allowed us to, to at least make ends meet. We had just enough, just what we needed. And so I still struggled with that though. Why was I having all of these, these um, really hard emotions coming up when I knew that it was a call from God for me to be home at that time? Mm, yep, I, I can relate point after point. I, I have felt all of those things and I've talked to many moms who have also struggled with that and also been very, very optimistic about, no, yeah, I'll be able to handle this, like pregnancy, yeah, I'll just, you know, pop them out. I know it's not as simple as that, but, you know, they'll be here on the outside and, we'll, you know, you, you kind of plan in your head all of those things that you want to be able to happen. But right. when life takes you a different way, and that's why I love that your book is called Detoured, because a detour right. is, I mean, the road that you see ahead is kind of blocked by something that you can't control. Mm -hmm. And then we're made to go a different way. But in that, it's hard, right? Because we, right. we lose a part of ourselves or we're afraid mm -hmm. that that part of ourselves is going to be lost. Right. Yeah, I can, I can hear that. I can hear that in your voice. So what is detour? Because I was thinking detour insinuates that the season is not permanent. Mm -hmm. what, what has God shown you as far as that's concerned? You know, when we were thinking of, of titles, it's had a few titles along the way, but when we finally settled on Detoured, it felt so right to me because I really feel like, you know, you're taking another path, one that's unexpected, one that you hadn't planned on. It's not the straight shot that you thought it was going to be. But in the end, you know, that detour gets you to where you're meant to go, right? So it may be that it looks like you're going another direction when in fact you're getting exactly where you need to be. You're just getting there in a different way. And so that is the reason why I feel like Detoured is, is the perfect title for the book because yeah, it's an unexpected path. It looks differently than we thought it would, but we're still ultimately getting to that, to that destination that, that God wanted us to be all along. You know, I think that God loves to, to surprise us with many different things in life and the growth that we experience on these paths that we, that are unexpected. Um, there are surprises to us, but they're not to God. He, he knew exactly where we were going to end up and, and where his end goal was for us. And so, um, so yeah, so ultimately that, that's why I feel, I feel really at peace with with the title and what it ended up becoming. I love that. That is so cool. What would you say, were the most difficult things to deal with on this bumpy path to contentment, as you call it in the book. What were the most you know, difficult things? I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, that's okay. Um, for me, I really feel like, you know, and this, this could be, I think all of our struggles are going to be different because the messages that maybe we've received and the messages that we tell ourselves are, are different. They're going to be different for everybody. For me, I struggled a lot with feeling 
a sense of defeat in that I saw so many other moms that were able to, to quote unquote, have it all. They had the career, they were dropping the kids in daycare, they were still continuing on, you know, with, with this dream that they had for themselves. And motherhood didn't seem like it had changed them in the same way that it had changed me. I felt like my life was completely unrecognizable at this point. Um, and, and for so many others, it felt like it was just kind of a blip on the radar. You know, they just kind of picked themselves up and they kept going. So I struggled a lot with what did they have that I didn't have? What was it for them that made that process easier? And why was I struggling so much with it? Another struggle I had was the financial aspect. We had everything that we needed, but little things that I used to buy with my own money really tripped me up because I thought this, you know, this is not money that I made. And my husband, he, he, my husband's a saint. I have to say that he's an absolute saint from, from the very beginning. He always said, this is family money. You know, this is family money. It's not yours. It's not mine. You know, we're all working for this in one way or another. You know, he was always saying, you know, buy yourself the things that you need. Don't feel guilt over that. And yet still, I, I struggled with that. I struggled with that, um, that striving. I struggled with earning, earning my keep. You know, it felt very much like um, I had been, I don't know that it's something that I had been raised with, but it was definitely, I mean, I came from a family with, with uh, two working parents and I saw my parents, you know, struggle to make ends meet. They both worked really, really hard for what they had. So in a sense for me to be able to stay home with my child, it felt like a luxury I didn't deserve. It felt like something I had not earned. And so that I think was, was the, a turning point for me was, was recognizing that I was striving to, to earn this gift that, had, that God had given freely with his grace. And so for me to be able to accept that and really work through that and just come to terms with it, it was a really difficult process, but it's one I wouldn't change for the world. Oh gosh, that is such an important point. I think for two reasons, two things came up when you were talking. The first chapter of your book is called Having It All Isn't the Goal. The lie we all believe about needing to earn the right to be part of our family, you know? Right, like, right. We're already in our family and we're adopted into the family of God. What more do we have to do to prove that? But I tell you what, I struggle with that all the time. I'm constantly thinking about how can I bring more money in? And I mean, not to get off on a tangent too far, but I think that that worry can infiltrate the mind of a mother yes. and take her away. I mean, why do you think we have all these, you know, uh, people telling us you can do it from home. You can have an at-home business. Not that those things are bad, but right. let's stop and think about that for a second. Like, what do you feel like you're lacking in your life, mama? That, that, you know, that the attention needs to be put all on that right, you know, right now. Right. Especially if it's just for the sake of bringing more money in. But I love that your message in this book is, you know, sometimes we just have to learn to be content with less when the seasons right. change. And like, right. you know, your, your teaching money kind of mm -hmm. went away. How did that change the dynamic of your home and what did it take for you to get used to that? Um, it definitely 
You know, I've heard it said, I'll start with this. I've heard it said, you can have it all, just not at the same time. Mm -hmm. And I don't know who said that, but whoever said it was a genius. <laughs> because I really, I really feel that that is, that is the core truth. Having it all is not always, I mean, it's not the goal. What we want is to be happy with what we have right now to feel at peace with what we have right now, to feel contentment with what we have right now. And it wasn't until the, the career and the work and even the work community and the family and, and the friends that I had built up in a work community, it wasn't until those were stripped away that I was able to place my focus on God and my children and my husband. It wasn't until all of that was lost that I was able to see that I was worthy as I am. It, I did not need a title. I did not need the approval of others to feel worthy and to feel accepted right where I was, just as I was. If I had never accomplished anything else, what I had was enough for me to feel a sense of accomplishment and acceptance. So, um, and I, I wrote about that in the book as well, is that that process for me was really difficult. I applied for every work from home job. You can imagine. I was, I was trying so hard to still have some kind of title attached to my name, to still have some kind of feeling of achievement, even as I, I stayed at home. And so I had to get really comfortable with the fact that God was saying no, you know, and that was, that was painful. That was really painful because God and I, we went round and round and round. And, and that was unsettling too, because, you know, it's a fearful thing to, to, um, you know, go against God, even if that's not something that you are, um, that you're doing consciously. But in my heart, I was just battling, uh, battling that and okay, God, I went to college and I worked hard and my dream was to become a teacher and I was a teacher and I loved it. And now it's gone. And now what do I do with this? What do I do with this? Did I come all that way? to give it all up and to come here. And God just, it, you know, gave me so much grace and so much mercy during that time to strip it all away and show me it's never been about any of that. This is where I have you. I have you here for a reason. And, and he wasn't going to show me that reason at that time, but it was just surrender. I had to come to a place of surrender and saying, okay, this is it. This is where I'm at. And I'm here for a reason. And, and I need to find peace with that. And when I finally realized that, and when I finally surrendered and realized it's not, I'm not going to find approval and achievement and feeling feelings of worthiness through any job. It doesn't matter what job I have. I'm not going to find it there. I'm looking in the wrong place. When I set that down, peace just flooded me and I found a con contentment and a happiness and a joy in being home with my, with my um, children at that point, because it was a long process. It took me a good two years until I got to that point where I was really, really, truly committed to only being a stay at home mom and, um, and, you know, finding what God had me in the, for me in this place. But once I, once I had that, 
I, you know, I was truly, truly at peace with being home with my boys. And it was, it was the greatest gift. And it was at that point that I realized, okay, this is what God had for me all along. It was hard, hard, hard to get here, but this is what he had for me all along. And it revolutionized everything. Once I found that peace and contentment, my marriage was, was better. Um, my, my life with my kids at home was better. I felt a sense of freedom to be able to enjoy it for the first time. Because I think before that, I was withholding feeling that joy because I felt like I didn't, I, I hadn't earned it. So once I realized that I didn't need to earn it, that I, it was okay to be happy at home. And it was, it, I had to strip away that, that lie that, that not working is lazy, you know, because what I'm doing at home, this, this is working and this is working for the Lord. And it is not lazy. Any stay at home mom will tell you that it is not lazy. That, you know, idea of bonbons and, and ice cream and whatever, while you watch soap operas, that is true. That is nowhere in the picture. Um, so yeah, so I found just freedom. It, I, once I found freedom, it made everything just, you know, glorious in God's time as it always is. We interrupt this podcast to bring you a key commercial announcement. The Practical Family Etsy shop is now open. Yeah, we have new printables available just for you. If you're a homeschool family and use the Classical Conversations Foundations Guide, the new weekly sheets are here for cycle two. They are fill in the blank and are available for both print and cursive handwriting practice. As a Practical Family podcast listener, you get to use a special discount code. Just enter PFPODCAST19, all capital letters, and get 25% off your cart when you purchase our digital prints. Use the link in our show notes to get to our Etsy shop today. Thanks for listening. Oh, amen, in God's time. And thank you, by the way, for saying that it took two years. Thank you. Because... This kind of reminds me of a conversation I had with my sister the other day. She just had her first baby and, you know, she's going through the aftermath of healing basically after birth and, and like literal pain, you know, your body, it just feels like it got hit with a car and, right. and, but what, what I found that she needed to know was, is this normal? Like how, how long should I be feeling this feeling of pain right. and comfort? I'm like, Oh, okay. It, she might need like a, like, like an idea of a time period right now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Those of yeah. you who've gone through, even though, you know, all of our stories are slightly different, if we can just help our sisters out by giving them an idea of, okay, it took me this long to yes. recover. It took me this long to feel content with being at home. It took me this long to learn the lesson of what I do is not who I am. Yes. You know? And yes. that is so important. So that part of sharing, especially what we're doing here, because we can say it on a podcast, but the real deep, meaningful one-to-one, girlfriend-to-girlfriend, mama-to-mama conversations need to happen. And that happens in community. Yes. Can, can you talk about that, Jen? I, I love how you addressed it in your book. What is, what is your mama community? What difference has it made in your life, learning how to be at home? Yes. You know, that I think the isolation and loneliness that came with being home was like a slap in the face to me. I, that was one, just one of the things that I really did not anticipate. I don't think, I don't think it's talked about a whole lot, um, that 
when you give up a career to be home with your kids, even though you may be elated and excited and overjoyed to be at home with them, it is lonely. You know, you are going from a situation where you have so much adult interaction on a daily basis to, you know, your conversations are, are, you know, now about Spider-Man in my case, you know, it's Spider-Man and Batman and, you know, that sort of thing. So I think identifying the, the feelings that you're feeling at the time um, are so important. And so for me, I felt just a lot of isolation and loneliness. And I talk about it in the book, but finding community has been really hard. It, it has been a struggle in the sense that I had to try a few different places that didn't feel right for me. And it was really discouraging because you, you go in, especially I think stay at home moms, we go into things with, with open hearts, you know, and really earnestly trying to find community and friends. And we want to find that perfect friend that matches up immediately, right? Our kids get along perfectly. We love the same things. Um, you know, our, our histories look a lot alike, you know, all of that I think is, is something that we go, you know, we, we go, if we're going to venture outside of our living room to find community, we want it to work right away, right? We want it to just be seamless. Um, and for me, it wasn't, for me, it wasn't seamless. It took a couple of times of me really putting myself out there and it not working. And, but, but in that, what I will say is that because I was already feeling such a piece of being at home and I was feeling such an intimacy with the Lord that although those were disappointments and they, they, they truly were disappointments, um, I still had that foundation in the father that even if I didn't have friends that were, that, that were, you know, these close, intimate, best friendships that I had longed for, I still had the only friendship that truly mattered. And that was, and that was with God. So it did take me a little bit. And so, um, you know, I have to say along with, you know, all these bumps in the road, I did have an online community of mamas that we, um, had joined together when we were pregnant. And so these mothers are all over the United States and we've been together since we were pregnant with our first, with our first kids. So we have, we have built, I've, you know, built a community that way where I definitely, it, you know, it's something that's unconventional. You don't think of, of online friendships as being real, true friendships, but these women have, we've all walked each other through some really, really awful, horrendous life things um, and stages. And, um, and they, they have proven themselves to be, to be true friends. And just recently, I was just telling a friend of mine, just recently, I found a group of homeschool mamas that feels like home, that feel like such a wonderful community to be a part of. And this now is what I was yearning for and craving for. You know, we're talking, what, seven years ago now. So it has been a long road and I don't know what's changed. I know that I have changed. I know that God has done a lot of work in me to bring me to the place that I am now. And so these friendships that I've been praying for, you know, we, we all aren't the same. We all don't have the same, the same paths or whatever, but we have enough in common um, that I feel like I'm just at a place in my life where I'm able to receive maybe friendships a little bit easier because of the work that God's done in me. And so I, I really truly believe with all my heart that he will, 
he will give you, you know, the desires of your heart. It just may take a little bit, you know, it's all in his timing. It may take a little bit, but you'll, you'll get there and you'll find that, but know that it's okay. And it's perfectly normal to feel isolated and lonely. And, you know, may I dare even say bored at home, you know, it's okay to feel that way. And that's, that's just part of it. Anybody in your shoes would feel the same. I had to come to that place. Anybody would feel this way. It's a, it's a tough thing that we're doing. It is. It is. And that brings a particular point of hope that I want to bring up that it's not always you, right? Or it's not always me. Like if you feel like, okay, I'm not the first person to ever had to stay home or feel like this. Okay. I need friends to tell me, oh, I venture out and then I meet some women, but it doesn't click. Oh, maybe it's not clicking because of something that's wrong with me. Maybe, right. You know, maybe I need to do more or be more or be more like her or, or do this or do that or join this play date group or whatever. It, it, and I think that that too often can be our first mode of defense and also justification as to, okay, I'm not fitting in because I'm not doing enough. No, no, it, it's, right. it's probably like all of the things like they, they are just not your people. And it's right. okay. It, so the process of finding people, I think that is a very important truth that we forget because it, we're not only dealing with the that isolation of being at home, but that the process of finding community and then being at home, it's supposed to be a symbiotic relationship. It's supposed yeah. to be, but we're not, um, you know, we don't live in the type of society that allows for that. We don't do community the same way that our parents or our grandparents did. Right. It's not all in this cute little 1950s world, you know? Yeah. And I think that we so desperately long for that and we're trying to picture it, but it's not happening the way we expect it. So um, thank you for saying that the online community has been mm-hmm. so valuable for that because, yeah, it's unconventional. It sure is. But we're a global tech society now. Yes. I have found my closest writer friends online because they ain't around me right now. And if they are, like, I don't know how to find them, (laughs) you know? Right. You find them online and it's okay to have that. And then eventually those online relationships can become in-person relationships. That's what conferences and, you know, vacations are for, you know? Absolutely. So, oh, I love that. That is so cool, Jen. Well, I kind of want to wrap up today's uh, talk with something a little bit closer to the spirit of each mama. And that is, I'm not going to, I'm going to call it self care, but I know that you're going to go deeper than that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The, the part where, okay, I'm content. I'm trying to be contenting at home. I got my people, but what about me? Like my my body gets exhausted. It's, I feel like, uh, you know, most of the time <laughs> I can barely remember to take a shower. You were saying before we started here, you like, I can barely get myself down the stairs to get coffee. And then like, that's all I need for right now. But can you talk to us about the importance of taking care of ourselves or finding new ways to just feel good about ourselves as, as women? Yes. So I, you know, like I said, yeah, in the early days, it was a struggle for me. You know, I had two tiny, tiny little guys at that point. So getting to a point where I I could even think beyond that was, was a struggle. But as I came through this journey and came through this process with God, I realized that we're pouring out so much on a daily basis. You, you know, we don't go five minutes without doing something for someone else. And so if we are not pouring back into ourselves, 
And I know that so many people are out there saying the same message right now, but it's because it's so, it's so vital. It's so vital for, for our souls. You know, this is not about, you know, put some mascara on because, you know, you look better. This is about honoring the person that you are and that you've always been and creating a space, you know, of, um, of even more contentment for your, for your family and for yourself. So, you know, for me, that looks like making sure that every day I'm spending time in the word, you know, that, that is something that is a non-negotiable for me and whether I try to do it first thing in the morning with my coffee, but if it doesn't happen first thing in the morning, then I'm fitting it in somewhere else in the day, you know, and my, my kids have just gotten used to seeing me with my Bible at random points in the day. And, and they know that during that time, that's my time with Jesus. And so they kind of find other little, you know, things to do. But I also think that's really important for our kids to see. Um, because, you know, we can tell them all we want about what it looks like to live a life of faith, but unless they see us in the word, unless they see us praying and calling on God for, um, for real assistance during just our daily lives, you know, not when it's a big event, but just when it's, when it's something, you know, I mean, goodness, they hear me pray for patience all day long. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I just think um, that's really, really important. And remembering that just because we're moms now doesn't mean that we are, you know, that we're not still the women that we were, you know, I talk about in Detoured, I, you know, I've always loved a good, you know, romantic comedy. So I, you know, gosh, anything with Meg Ryan in it, and I'm right there. Um, and so, you know, we're still those women that love, that love those movies and love books and love art and love all of those things. And so when we can incorporate that into our daily lives, lose the guilt over it, because for a long time, I think I felt like if I pampered myself, that I was becoming one of those stay-at-home moms that didn't appreciate it or um, was just sitting on my laurels, right? It comes back to that feeling of, of like, is this like a lazy thing to do? And no, making yourself a cup of tea and, and, you know, taking a moment to feel the gratitude of where you are, that is not a selfish thing to do. That's not, um, that's not a lazy thing to do. That is giving glory to God in a daily, in a daily, albeit ordinary way. That is, that is just one more way to honor God in the place that he's, that he's put you in. And so, yeah, so for me, it goes deeper than self-care for me taking care of myself and thriving in this space that, that I'm in now. Um, it's just one more way to just, you know, show worship and glory to God that, that he's brought me through all of that, that there were some really, really hard times, but I am now in a situation where there is nothing about my life I would change. And, um, and I'm just so darn grateful for it. So I, I take every opportunity that I can to really enjoy the perks of being a stay-at-home mom. And there are, there are perks, you know, we can't deny that. There are several, several perks to being able to live this life and, and be at home with our kids, you know, every day. We don't miss a thing. And, and that's something to be really grateful for. Amen. Amen. Oh, well, thank you so much, Jen. Is there anything that, that you would um, just love to leave with our listeners today? Um, any kind of last words of encouragement? Yeah, you know, I would just, if there's anything that I could leave, the biggest message that, that I would want to leave and that I was given by God in this, this whole process was just, your worth is not your work. You are the daughter 
of the most high king. You know, that is your worth. That is your identity. You know, you are royalty. He has set you apart for this time. You are on earth for a reason at this time. And wherever he has you right now is where you're supposed to be. And if there is a part of you that is craving, um, this craving more, that is feeling guilty about craving more than what you have at your present moment, you know, talk to him about it. Ask him what he would, he would give to you in this time that would be, um, that would be something that would bring glory to him, you know, because I feel like the desires that are placed in your heart, you know, they're placed by him. And so, um, you know, and I, I wrote it about it in the book that, that a friend of mine was the one that told me, you know, in one of my darkest moments, I was feeling just, um, so passionless and so just feeling like I had nothing left to offer and I just didn't know what to do. And she said, you know, Jen, why don't you, why don't you ask God what he would have you do? What would he have you do for him right now? Um, and so I had to get beyond that guilt of, isn't being a mom enough? Why isn't that enough to fulfill me? You know, what, what's, what am I missing here? And so if you're feeling that way, I would just encourage moms not to feel guilty, but just to bring it to God. You know, he, he is a God that cares about every single part of your life, no matter how minute, no matter how small. And so whatever it is that you're feeling about this, this season of life, about just where you are and, and, um, and all of that, just bring it to him, bring it to his feet and he'll answer. He is so faithful. He's so faithful to answer. He'll do it. Amen. Prayer changes us for sure. It does. It does. He wants us to tell him. Oh, well, Jen, thank you so much for being a guest today. Please check out Jen's Baba Khan's book, Detour, The Messy, Grace-Filled Journey from Working Professional to Stay-at-Home Mom. And this releases on July 9th. If you're listening to this, it just released. And pick it up on Amazon. Check out the links in our show notes. And uh, or go straight to Amazon and uh, pick that up. You can get it on Kindle or however you like to read books, but pick it up today. Thank you so much, Jen, for being a guest today. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. This was wonderful. I, I really enjoyed it. You've been listening to episode 66, When Your Career Takes a Detour for Family. Remember to pick up Jen Bavakan's book. Just click on any link in our show notes. Again, it's called Detour, the messy, grace-filled journey from working professional to stay-at-home mom. And if you have not joined the Practical Family community yet, you're going to want to do that today because just as the kid commercial expressed, we have an Etsy store up. And mind you, it'll only be temporary because we're still working on the back end of our site to get a really cool store coming up for the rest of our printables and videos and homeschool and mom helpers. That's all coming to the Practical Family community very, very soon. So go to practicalfamily.org and sign up. Join the community. And then you'll get to be a part of everything that we're doing as we're doing it. You get exclusive access to things. You get freebies that not everybody gets. It's just a cool thing that we're building here at Practical Family. And I am stoked that you are here listening and um, supporting this beautiful ministry. So thank you once again. This is Jennifer Bryant with the Practical Family Podcast, where we are encouraging you and families like yours to build strong foundations and healthy homes. Thank you.